In the financial services space, we spend a lot of time talking about online account takeover fraud and the impact retail breaches are having on upticks in card fraud. But we spend very little time focusing on some of the more low-tech vulnerabilities, like call center scams, that can often cause banking institutions their greatest headaches. In fact, according to new call center fraud research just published by Pindrop, a voice biometrics provider, call centers have quickly become businesses' weakest security links. Today, I'm joined by Matt Anthony, a vice president at Pindrop and a featured presenter at Information Security Media Group's upcoming fraud summits in Toronto and London to talk about emerging trends in call center fraud and steps banking institutions and others can take to curb their losses. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Matt, I've been speaking with Pindrop quite a bit over the course of the last couple of months, and there's been some fascinating research that's come out recently from Pindrop that looks at some of the trends that you've seen in call center scams, really, for the last part of 2013. With this data, Pindrop was actually able to predict some account takeovers before they occurred. Could you give us some background about what the research showed and how you collected the research? Sure. Uh, thanks, Tracy. So uh, what, we, what we do at Pindrop is we help uh, financial institutions detect and prevent phone-based fraud. In the course of doing that, we are, of course, exposed to uh, a lot of phone numbers. So in this case, um, we took about 105 billion calls um, covering 18 million originating numbers and 12 million accounts over about a six-month time period and it really afforded us an ability to do a deeper dive on this uh, data than, than we had before. Um, and from that, we were able to um, both uh, confirm some things that we had seen before and then uh, discover some uh, new things as well. So Matt, this is a question that's not really related to the research, but just out of curiosity, can you tell us what the meaning behind the name of your company, Pindrop, is? Oh, sure. So uh, what we're doing is uh, we are able to listen to a phone call and, uh, you know, quote unquote, hear the sound of a pin drop. Uh, and what that actually translates into is that our, our core technology phone printing is able to take about 15 to 20 seconds of audio from a phone call and listen to all of the noise uh, and characteristics of the audio of the call and detect things like uh, caller ID spoofing, figure out where the calls are really coming from, figure out what type of device was used uh, to place that call, uh, a host of other characteristics uh, that help us identify tactics that are used by uh, fraudsters to deceive the caller. And uh, that allows us to detect them, and not just detect them when they come back. So one of the tactics that you see used to fight fraud is identify a bad guy, and then you know, do things like take a voice print of that bad guy. And then if they ever come back, then, then you can block them. Unfortunately, that leaves, uh, can, can leave a fraudster free to act for months or, or years. What our technology does is listens and hears the things that they do that indicate they're being deceptive. And even if we've never seen them before, we know that if they're spoofing caller ID, they're up to no good, for example. And we're listening to the sound of that pin dropping and, and using it to stop bad guys. So really, Matt, this goes beyond what we could, would traditionally consider to be voice biometrics because you're really analyzing the biometrics of the call itself. Is that right? That, that's absolutely right. Voice biometrics has been in the world for a while, and uh, we see common applications for it like um, Siri on, on the iPhone and, and other voice interaction systems. And what it does pretty well is it can authenticate somebody. So I take your voice print, 
and then I use that voice print the next time you call to say, yeah, that, that's really her. One of the challenges with it is that people would like it to also be able to detect the negative. So if somebody calls in and attempts to recreate your voice, or if somebody is calling in and they've spoofed the caller ID, um, for your phone and then are able to match a voice print, then that's where voice biometrics breaks down. It doesn't help you detect those other things. So phone printing allows us to detect those anomalies. It allows us to figure out the location of the caller, what type of device they have, and then we've added voice biometrics engines so that we can also then compare the caller. This allows us to be able to conclude this is the right caller calling from the right device in the right location and have a high uh, level of confidence based on that. One of the things that, that I found quite interesting about some of the research that Pindrop ha has just published and you know conducted over the course of the last year is that some of the data that you've been able to collect on some of these uh, call center, I guess, fraudulent schemes not only relates to the call center, but you're also able to kind of bring in a cross-channel perspective. Can you talk a little bit about how the data that you've collected from the call center is helping to predict trends across other channels as well? Absolutely. So what we know is that fraudsters don't consider themselves phone fraudsters or online fraudsters. They probably don't consider themselves fraudsters, but that's another matter. What they're doing is they're using whatever means they can to access the account. And that means the phone channel, that means the online channel, and so on. Uh, and so what we're starting to be able to do is tie together these groups and show that it's the same uh, bad actors that are accessing via the online channel uh, that then are using the phone channel to go in and do things like change email address or a phone number or call in an international travel, right? So this is a common tactic we see. A fraudster will call in, say, uh, on this account, I'm going to be traveling in you know, Europe or Africa over the next couple months. And typically, a financial institution then lowers some of their controls because uh, they're no longer concerned that the call is going to be coming internationally. Uh, the customers just told them they're going to. So there are, there are a lot of tactics that they do that we see uh, and can detect. And what we're trying to do is continue to get a whole view of these attackers and all the tactics that they use so that uh, things like the phone channel don't become a very effective uh, backdoor into the institution for them. Now, as I mentioned during the introduction, Matt, you'll be a featured presenter at our fraud summits in Toronto and London. Can you give us a primer of what you plan to address during your presentation? So we want to dive into some of the material we just discussed and talk about uh, the data we're seeing. What, what's the level of awareness in financial institutions of phone channel fraud? Uh, one of the challenges we have is that there's really not a good methodology out there for even measuring this. So we see a large number of institutions that um, undercount their phone fraud, and when we go in and start working with them, they find that it's a higher incidence than they, than they thought they had. Trying to help people understand how these attacks work. Is every call into the institution an actual attempt to steal money, or are there reconnaissance calls that are happening? Some of the technology we're looking at uh, can actually predict when an attack's going to occur at a very high level of accuracy. And so we're going to dive in and discuss some of that. Our goal is to help people that are dealing with this problem better understand uh, how they're being attacked, what the baseline is across the industry. You know, they say, well, we only have this many attacks, and then they understand that on average, you know, financial institutions have five or ten times as many attacks, then it might prompt them to look deeper and try to understand if there's some that they're missing. And then walk through some of the tactics, which of the countries we see most commonly uh, being the source of these attacks and, and other pieces of information that should help them address the threat. 
Well, Matt, we definitely look forward to the presentations at both Toronto and London, and I want to thank you again for your time this morning. Thank you. I look forward to the event. Again, we've just heard from Matt Anthony of Pindrop. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.